Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Coral reefs are the nursery for all life in the oceans, a remarkable ecosystem that sustains us. Yet carbon emissions are warming the seas, a phenomenon called coral bleaching, a sign of mass coral death, has been accelerating around the world, and the public has no idea of the scale or implications of the catastrophe silently raging underwater. Enter Jeff Arlosky, director of Chasing Ice, which created an irrefutable and visual proof of the melting of ice caps. Orlowski's next project is similarly evidentiary and powerful. Chasing Coral taps into the collective will and wisdom of an ad man, a self-proclaimed coral nerd, and top-notch camera designers, and a renowned marine biologist, as they invent, for the first time, time-lapse cameras that record the bleaching events as they happen. And this is the, uh, that's the setup to this wonderful new documentary called Chasing Coral, and we are honored to have with us again on Film School, and that would be Jeff Orlowski. Jeff, welcome back to Film School. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. Well, okay, I, I mean, I asked you this when I asked you about Chasing Ice. What was it uh, that got you interested in this project? Um, this really was a, a situation where I thought I knew everything there was to know about climate change after we made Chasing Ice. And then I met uh, Richard Vivers, one of the subjects of this film, and realized I had to start back from square one. And I, like, if you don't know what's happening in the ocean, the ocean story, like, then you don't know where what climate change is. And this was a huge education for me over the last couple of years. Um, 93% of the energy from climate change is being trapped in the ocean. Um, that is really, like, literally the problems in the water, in the ocean, and most people aren't seeing, I mean, very few people go scuba diving, so very few people actually see what's happening. And these stories now are just starting to come to the surface. Um, that wasn't intended to be uh, an ocean thunder. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that as well. And I thought I knew a lot about climate change. I thought I knew a lot about this issue. And I knew, yeah. that, I knew that the oceans were being impacted. That was for certain. But uh, the, the, that statistic alone should truly frighten people uh, or spur them to action at very least in terms of yeah. what's going on i'm curious if i may ask you a question yeah. like when was this was this a lot of new information for you or did, i'm curious what the take was after seeing the film if you felt like you knew bits and pieces of the story or how much of it was new well i'll tell you the the idea of the coral coral bleaching is relatively new to me i'd say it appeared on my radar about a year and a half maybe yeah. maybe more maybe no more than 2 years ago i started hearing about it uh, but again, it's like a lot of things that come up about climate change and this sort of the as you say in the, in the in the intro here, the evidentiary part of climate change is you hear a lot of bits and pieces of the of the story and and, and the overwhelming weight of evidence. But at the same time, it's hard to parse these things out and and really understand what they're, what's going on. So watching mm -hmm. your film, um, I got the full impact because the the spectrum mm -hmm. of people you brought into the project. Uh, mm -hmm. And and so for me, there was a lot of new information in here, and a lot of information. And we're visual creatures. I mean, and that's you know what yeah. the strength of the film is. Is there's no turning away from it once you've seen this film. Right. So, 
Right. For yourself, yeah. I mean, just you, you mentioned a little bit, but for yourself, was 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 it shocking to find out what you found out? Uh, I felt like every trip that we did, every new location that we went diving, it was learning more and more about how threatened this ecosystem is. Yeah. Um, the scientists are expecting us to lose coral reefs as we know them within the next thirty years or so. I mean, you can't use the word extinct. There will still be corals that survive. But basically, the functioning of this entire ecosystem is is going to be destroyed. Um, the scientists do use the word collapse. So we're talking about an ecosystem collapsing, certainly within my lifetime, within the next 30 years. Um, that's ridiculously startling. And it's happening only because the water is too hot for the corals. And for me, like there, there's a lot of skepticism about climate change, obviously, and a lot of the stories that are told about climate change are things that fit some sort of a um, natural cycle. They're not a natural cycle anymore, right. but when you look at glaciers melting, yes, glaciers have always come and gone and advanced and retreated. It requires a lot of knowledge of the science to understand what's part of a natural cycle and what's not. With the, with the story around coral reefs, you just can watch the film. Like, it's so clear-cut. They're dying like crazy, and it doesn't fit any natural cycle. And the only explanation is human-caused warming of the planet. Yeah, and and absolutely to your point, and and as, as I alluded to when you asked me the question about watching uh, Chasing Coral, the the strength of the film is the the variety of voices we hear. And the first that we hear is, I'm going to make sure I get, is it... Uh, Richard Vevers is sort of the Vevers. Uh, Vevers, right? The introduction mm-hmm. of the film. He's an ad man, and he became interested in this. Um, did how did you? Well, that's a sort of a broader question. I'm getting to is how did you connect with the different uh, voices in the film? Starting with Richard, let's say. Um, yeah, well, Richard reached out to us out of the blue, and we just spoke on the phone. We met a couple times in person, and I realized here's a guy who's trying to reveal how the oceans are changing by being a communicator for the science. Right. And Richard's background, as you mentioned earlier, his background was in advertising. So Richard's objective was, we just need to communicate the story better. We need people to see and understand the story. So he and I connected from the start. We resonated uh, in terms of this mutual uh, objective around communicating. Um, And in the process, when we met Richard and started following him, we got to meet all of these scientists that he had reached out to, built these relationships with, and we were learning along with Richard. And uh, so the, the very first the start of the film is very much Richard's experience. Yeah. It is yeah. seeing the world through Richard's eyes and learning um, about what's going on. And he says something that I think is really important. It's it's pretty basic. It's pretty simple. We should understand. I mean, but he said this is a communication problem. Yeah, it's not a science problem. <laughs> it's a communication that, problem. This is the the biggest issue that that we're facing right now is that scientists are not trained to be public speakers. They're not trained to communicate to the public. Um, their training and their career development is based on publishing in selected peer reviewed uh, papers, papers literature, and that world. Um, you get a really really amazing great science that comes out of it. But when you face one of those scientists off with a professional communicator in a seemingly even debate, um, people who are paid 
to confuse the public are very, very good at confusing the public. Right. Um, and they're not, they're professional communicators and it's, uh, most scientists, um, have a hard time. There's a, there's a problem called, um, uh, there's a problem called the curse of knowledge and most scientists fall victim into this. They know so much about a subject matter that it becomes more and more difficult to simplify it and to make it accessible for the average person. Right. Um, and that's, uh, that's a huge, huge challenge there. And it's also, as someone who um, has in the past been a communicator in, in politics even, um, so I understand what you're saying very well. Another sort of curse of knowledge is that there's always, and every good scientist will, will always factor in an element of, say doubt, but element of probability. I'd call it what you want. So there's always yeah. a way of a little bit of equivocation only because, just because this is the nature of, of studying, you know, science in the way that they do. Right. It's, it's, not, right. it's not as if what they're saying isn't true, but you can always say within a 98% chance or a probability, this is what's happening. And then a, yeah, commu- and commu- I, no, yeah. and mm-hmm. a communicator will seize uh, on that. No, go ahead. Yeah, I mean... We, we can't prove that the sun will rise tomorrow. <laughs> right. Like, you can't pr- Science can only disprove. That's one of the main functions of how it works. Right. We have an extremely high confidence level that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. <laughs> but who knows? Like, something crazy could happen. Could happen. Um, A meteor. And, yeah, absolutely. Like, something crazy could happen. The sun could explode. It could right? explode. Like, there are so many things. Um, so, right. it's... This is something that the um, the skeptics and the deniers yeah. have latched onto, um, and I'm not trying to over overly politicize this. There is, for a long time, there has been legitimate questions, there has been legitimate concerns, but the science is so solid now. Yeah. Um, and and I have different views. Like the public is not expected to understand all the science. There's a lot of confusion out there. We don't. Nobody expects the public to be reading all the scientific papers that you know I've come across. That our team is like we do a lot of the research on this to understand what's going on, and it's really dense. It's not fun to read for the most. It's really hard. You have to like it's like doing homework. Right. But um, but politicians are different. The politicians have a responsibility to protect the general public, right. and politicians are being willfully ignorant right now in not acknowledging some very well understood science on the planet. And the thing is, they're on the wrong side of history. Um, that's, it's only going to be more and more confirmed as we go forward in time. Right. And, and I'd offer one small bit of advice in terms of talking about climate change, the impact it's having on, on our world. And that is, I constantly hear, well, I don't believe in climate change. Well, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter if you believe it. It's not. It's not. It doesn't. It's not dependent upon your belief or your belief or not belief mm-hmm. in it. It doesn't. That's not. A, that's not an issue. And and I just think somehow that's got to be reframed in a way. So when you hear people say, "Well, I don't believe it," well, right. It, you know, I just that would yeah. be. I think uh, you might not understand it. Right. And and right. for us, like, and I'm not wanting to fault people who don't get it. Um, like I said, it's it's a very complicated science to understand all the nuance, and and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So it makes sense that there's there are people who are confused. Um, but you're exactly right. This is not a, a functioning of belief or not. You can't believe in gravity or not. Right. Um, it exists. It will hold you in place. <laughs> Let me ask yeah. you. 
Um, just a little bit about the film. The film is called uh, Chasing Coral. We're speaking with the director, Jeff Orlowski. And uh, let's go back to the kind of the initial challenge. So you've got you, you got uh, Richard involved uh, in the, Zachary, uh, Zachary Rago. Rago and uh, someone who is one of the kind of uh, leading lights of, of uh, spotlighting this particular issue. Dr. Charlie Veron yeah. uh, and others who are who present not only uh, sci- solid scientific uh, arguments and facts, but are also passionate. And I think one of the films one of the film's strength is the passion that we feel and see in these, these people yeah. uh, is is very very winning as well as truthful to what we're talking about. Yeah. You, you managed to put together a very nice array of people to talk about this on a oh, number of different you. levels. Yeah. This film did very, very well at a number of different film festivals, including Sundance. I believe it won the uh, an award for, was it the Audience Award, Grand Jury Audience? Uh, we won the, yeah, we won the Audience Award at Sundance for so, documentary. So, so for you as a filmmaker, as someone who obviously cares deeply about this, and when you're, what the reaction around, around the film, um, What's your what's been your takeaway in terms of changing hearts and minds, or just the general reaction and uh, and the seeing people oh. what, what they want to do about it? I, I mean, it's the response has been amazing. It's been so so positive and so supportive. Um, but the biggest thing is that so many people are telling us that they had no idea. I mean, it's it's the the biggest response we hear is that it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking. And that's sort of my whole take on the issue as a whole. Like, this planet is beautiful. Coral reefs are beautiful. They're gorgeous creatures. And we, we leveraged that in the film. Like, we, we wanted to show, like you were saying, how much the scientists love it. Like, you can fall in love with these ecosystems through the eyes of the scientists because of how magical they are, how colorful they are, what they do, how they function, how they operate, the symbiosis. It, it really is a magical landscape. Yeah. Um, but it's a landscape that's being devastated and that that reality is uh, it's real it's it doesn't do us any good to deny it or ignore it we need to acknowledge what's happening and to acknowledge what we can see happening right now and decide what we want to do about that um you know we're not here to be fear mongers we're not trying to scare people we're we're referencing uh we're referencing the very best and very conservative science around this issue um and the the fact of the matter is, the scientists aren't alarmists. The science is alarming. That's been the real wake-up call here. Thank you. That is a great way to put it. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director of the film, Chasing Coral. That would be Jeff Orlowski. And I want to let people know that they can go to ChasingCoral.com to find... Yeah, I got that right. ChasingCoral.com to find out about the film. It's also playing uh, on Netflix now, but also ways in which they can participate in letting people who can help mitigate and reverse, maybe hopefully reverse the effects that are going on in our oceans right now. There's a, yeah. there's a place you can log on on the website, chasingcoral.com called Join the Campaign. I th- people need to get involved with this. And as you said earlier, you know, the fact that this is underwater, under uh, beyond our ability to see it until now, you can watch this film. You don't. You this is, and you can go to the website and really start to understand what is happening to these, as you put it, these amazing coral reefs around the world. It's phenomenal. 
this is the other thing I learned about your film, or learned through your film, Chasing Coral, which is, tell me what the definition, you have a, a marine biologist defining coral as an animal. Tell, tell us a little bit more how, how that, that yeah. is an amazing I, fact. I didn't, I didn't understand corals at all. <laughs> um, I knew very little about them, and it took me quite a while to wrap my head around it uh, to be able to communicate it myself. Um, coral is an animal. It's a fleshy animal that has uh, thousands and thousands of little mouths. Um, and in its skin lives little plants, these little algae. And those plants photosynthesize and they actually feed the animal. So imagine in our skin, imagine we had plants that were photosynthesizing and feeding us directly. So you wouldn't even have to eat. The, the corals get the vast majority of their energy from those little plants living in their flesh. And this plant-animal combination grows, and it leaves, it deposits a rock behind it. So it grows and builds its own structure. And that rock that it leaves behind, that's what people are used to seeing when they think about it, you know, on a mantelpiece or something like that in your, at a beach house or something. Um, it's a white skeleton that's the rock that it's depositing, and it can grow and grow and grow. That's what makes the structure that is a coral reef. They can grow to be huge. They can be the size of a house, and they grow so big, and collectively you have hundreds and thousands of different corals growing, and then you can build something like the Great Barrier Reef that can be seen from space. Yeah. I mean, it is the largest living organism. that can, you, you can see it from space. Yeah, it's amazing. I had no idea. No idea at all about that. I just assumed it was yeah. some kind of a, yeah, an archaeological, I'm not, um, what am I trying to say, a geological. Some kind of a, some kind of a rock. Yeah, it's a yeah. geological system, and fish swim around it, and this, that, and the mm -hmm. other. I had no idea. And it was, that alone is mind-boggling. And uh, for people who check out the, the ChasingCoral.com film uh, site, you can see the beautiful photography, just a sample of the beautiful uh, photography that you will see in the film, which leads me to let's, let's last sort of line of questioning about your film, and that is, like Chasing mm -hmm. Ice, you came, you came up with uh, a, a whole another way of filming what is happening. Tell me a little bit about what went into that process. Yeah. So, as you mentioned earlier, the corals are bleaching. Um, what happens is when the water gets too hot, uh, those plants that live in their skin, um, the, the coral basically ejects them. They, the plants leave, and you can see through this clear skin, and you can see that white skeleton underneath it. And that change is something that we were trying to document over time. Um, we've seen pictures of white corals, but we had never seen the change from a healthy coral to a, a bleached coral. And so we developed a bunch of time-lapse photography techniques um, to be able to shoot underwater. We had to invent new camera systems, new ways of shooting. Uh, we invented what we understand as the world's first underwater solar panel application um, to keep our systems living longer. Um, and we, we had to figure out a way to capture this change over time. The startling thing in doing that is instead of just getting the corals bleaching and turning white, we actually filmed a lot of corals just flat out dying. Uh, so it went from this healthy or stressed or bleached state all the way to the state of being completely dead and covered in thick algae. 
And that change is far, far greater than anybody on our team ever expected or anticipated. Um, so it, it's this blend. The, the goal always was we just need to see what's happening. We need to be able to document it, and we need to be able to show it to people. Um, so we had to kind of go back and forth between these photographic techniques and, um, and this way of capturing it to be able to capture that story. Well, let's end on something more positive about because yeah. it, it, because there's a confer- the conference of the scientists where you where they're watching the, yeah. some of the film footage here is heartbreaking to w- just to watch their reaction to the film let alone yeah. let yeah. alone what was happening there there is hope if we as a collective there's massive hope yeah yeah there is hope so tell us a little bit why we should you know join in and why we should be somewhat encouraged yeah. by by what could happen and can happen well, uh, my biggest take, I had two really big takeaways from this film, from this, in the last three and a half years of being immersed in this story. Um, and and the, the two takeaways, quite simply, were um, the reality of what's happening in the ocean is far worse than you think. I, the oceans are changing very dramatically, very quickly, and that's very, very urgent. But on the flip side... Um, the optimism and the hope and the technology is, is turning out to be far better than I thought. Um, and that is what gives me hope. We're seeing such huge advances in clean technology. We're seeing advances in cities pledge for clean technology, um, for eliminating emissions. Um, and, and we're seeing this huge shift happen, driven through new and pioneering technology more than anything else, um, that, that is very, very hopeful. And the thing is, the solutions exist. We have all the solutions that we need for this issue. We just need to implement them. We need to adopt them and implement them, and we need to speed that process up. Um, So I'm very, very confident that we will address and solve climate change. It's just a matter of when. It's a matter of how soon will we do it and how much human suffering will there be between now and when we get things under control. There is a lot of inertia in the system. We're going to lose a lot of corals. We're going to lose... Um, we might lose coral reefs completely as an entire ecosystem. We have the opportunity to save them, and we have the opportunity to save and protect the many other ecosystems that will soon be under threat because of climate change as well. Okay. And really, the choice is ours. Um, and this is, this is something where we need to protect these ecosystems because humanity depends on them. Right. This is not some trivial thing that's far away and doesn't matter. There are so many people that depend on so many different ecosystems that are under threat right now, mm-hmm. and that's the big thing. This is this, from my perspective. This is about saving um, saving our own home that we live in. It's not just nature for nature's sake. This is our home. That's right. So much of the world's population—it's a huge percentage of the population—lives within twenty miles of, of the ocean, or fifty yeah. miles, or some. It's it's not very far from the ocean for sure. And so much of our th- those people around the world depend. You know, you can't assume the whole world is like Malibu and Newport Beach and and etc. Where there's a lot of expensive homes. People all around the world lives depend on the ocean. They are farming it every single day, and this is such a huge issue as the sea levels rise and as these coral reefs are under stress, under threat. Uh, the impacts will be dramatic and they will be terrible. But we do have an opportunity, and thank God for yeah. filmmakers like yourself, Jeff, who've gone out no, and 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 in a way, as I said earlier, we're visual beasts. We until we see it, we don't believe it often, and it's too too bad for that. But at the same time, 
we have your document as a way of understanding what's happening and the great people in this film who are able to articulate these things in ways that are intellectual and emotional as well. So it's a wonderful combination of people in in this uh, in your endeavor here. And um, thank you so much for your work. Truly thank you for your work as a no, filmmaker. And it's wonderful to see. The film is on Netflix. You can go to thechasingcoral.com to find out more about the film and, and, and see how you can participate in making this happen more quickly in terms of turning this around, raising awareness, and, and, and all the things that we need to do. But again, um, Jeff, you, these two last two films are just absolutely vital and, and very, very, very much we need, to be, um, we need to be aware of these things. And I, I thank you as a filmmaker and as, as a human being for your work. Uh-huh. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Mike. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.